I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, Thursday edition of the program. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we roll closer towards the holidays. We have got more polling data out that, if it is accurate, is debilitating to Joe Biden and very positive for Donald Trump. We are three months and a day from the Iowa caucuses. Three months and a day. Third... A month and a day is what I should have said. A month and a day, 31 days basically, from all of you out there getting an opportunity to see the first votes cast. And those of you that are listening in Iowa have an opportunity to be a part of that. Where do we think we are in Iowa? The ongoing fallout of Israel and Hamas. There's a really interesting piece uh, that is up analyzing why the New York Times lost its way by the former New York Times uh, editorial page head. Uh, all of that is going to be really interesting, I think, to break down. But, Buck, I want to start with uh, a couple of things. One, we'll get into this a little bit later. Big thesis, there's no way Donald Trump is on trial March 4th. I did a deep dive. I read everything. Um Jack Smith is in real trouble. And we talked about this. I think you could go back. We've continued to set the odds. The one that was the most off, and I like him, remember when Alan Dershowitz came out and said all four of these are going to be completed? And I was like, wait a minute, what? Well, that was great, too, because I was like, Clay, because you were saying that you thought none. I was like one or two. I'm like, Clay, Dershowitz says all four. And you were basically saying, all due respect to Dershowitz, that's insane. And then 24 hours later, Dershowitz was like, actually, none of them are happening. Yes. So, so if I were setting, I think I varied, uh, that you guys can check the, uh, the overall transcript as the different news has come in. I think I got up to one and a half setting the over under. That is the either one or two would happen. And I kind of finessed it at one and a half. I came back to one. I'm now at a half. So if you told me right now you have to gamble, how many completed trials will there be? 
of the four outstanding criminal trials pending against Donald Trump by Election Day, November. That is, we've completed the trial. There's been a result. The jury's come back. I would now go, Buck, to a half. I'm not sure we even complete one trial. And D.C. is where Jack Smith is pushing the hardest. But I don't know that the media has focused enough on how debilitating the double body blows that he got in the past couple of days have been. I I don't even know that this case is going to go to trial at all based on what the Supreme Court may do. I would bet a massive amount of money that they are not going to start this trial on March 4th. I think the earliest they could start it is sometime now around June or July based on the, uh, the, the, the fact that the Supreme Court is going to be hearing this case, uh, having to do with the, uh, the Jan 6th uh, political prisoners. I think 367 of them charged with a Sarbanes Oxley era, uh, uh, basically trying to disrupt an official proceeding, which has been one of the key elements that they have charged people with for January 6th, that is the federal prosecutors. I'm now down to a half. If I were setting the over-under on completed trials, I don't think South Florida is going to get complete. It's in line behind uh, this one in uh, in D.C. I don't know that New York even matters, Buck. Uh, the, the Alvin Bragg like paperwork dispute, I don't think that one's going to happen because it's so weak. Even the most dyed-in-the-wool left-wingers in the country have looked at that and said, boy, I don't know that there's much to this one. And uh, and so I circle back around. Uh, Atlanta, I don't think it's way too complicated. I don't think Atlanta happens. I think it's either Jack Smith's case or bust, and, I, and I'm not sure that Jack Smith's going to get it done. I've, I thought that, too. The only one that seemed, once the initial flurry or frenzy around the situations uh, of the indictments had developed a little bit we could see you know what was what were the counts and what was the schedule the judge gave and that dc was the one that was likely here's why i think we're we're all talking about this folks the next thing that comes to mind is the poll of swing states that's out yes. that shows trump up in all seven swing states and i believe in most if not all cases beyond the margin of error yeah so there, there is a, there are a couple of possibilities here, and, and I don't want to pretend like I have the answer on this one. It's more of a, here's what I see. Um, and Clay, tell me if I'm leaving anything out or you see this differently. There is, the Democrats have just completely and utterly miscalculated. The biggest miscalculation since 2016 politically when they thought Donald Trump was going to be a layup for them, right? And, and when I mean miscalculated, I mean with the indictments. They figured the indictments would not only hurt Trump, but also would sink him when they got convictions. Well, if they can't get a conviction, they've made a big, big mistake here. That's one possibility. The Democrats basically have boxed themselves into a corner. You know, the enemy, so to speak, has made moves on the battlefield that could lead to, uh, you know, the annihilation of their forces. And, or there's something we're not seeing. And I, I don't want to be that guy who just, since you're saying, oh, never underestimate them, but I guess I'm kind of saying that. There must be some ambush, some last-minute change, some something that they are planning, because otherwise, if I'm a Democratic strategist sitting here looking at these numbers, I'm in full-blown panic. I'm thinking to myself, if I'm somebody who believes that my White House job depends on Joe Biden, and when I say Biden, Biden-Kamala, same thing, that's the ticket. Biden stepping aside for Kamala has always been the 
that's still staying in the realm of what we have. That's not a major change-up, really, or I should say that's not a major um, surprise. What do you see? Am I missing something? Is there some yeah. possibility here we're not taking into account? Let me give those people all that data that came out this morning. This is from Bloomberg and Morning Consult. So, again, it's not like Donald Trump, Inc. <laughs> that, that released this poll. Wisconsin, Trump up four. Georgia, Trump up six. Michigan, Trump up four. Pennsylvania, Trump up two. Nevada, Trump up three. North Carolina, Trump up nine. And Arizona, Trump up four. So they pulled seven so-called swing states, and they found Trump leading in all seven. And if you're an electoral college map person out there, depending on how big the states are that he won, two of these states could get Trump in to office. Three of them almost guaranteed would. In other words, Biden won every one of these states except North Carolina. So these were a six to one. Biden won every close state in 2020. Now Trump is leading in all seven and he needs as few as only two of them to, again, depending, like if you got Pennsylvania and Michigan, you would win. Otherwise you might need a combo of three. So. To me, the I, I question left out, is, I left out one because I just well, the yeah. obvious one is too early to matter, right? Yes. That's the other, or too early to be definitive, etc. Any, you know, the people that are just saying too early, it's a year away. That's also a possibility. But the problem with that possibility is, I feel like it's too simplistic because, well, why? He's never been like this before. He's run twice yeah. before. He's never been here before. So what's different now? Something's different now, right? Yeah, I think that what's different is it's Biden. I don't think this is Trump. And for people out there who who say, oh, this is this is worthless, that at this time, the polls in 2015 and 2019, right? So if you were saying, hey, we're going to do a poll in December of 2015, December of 2019, massively undercounted Trump support. So there's and and I'll open up the phones because people always want to give their conspiracy theories on oh this is what the polls are saying they're trying to do this and then they're going to do this like if all the polls are saying the same thing all of them then there probably is right now I think it's fair to say a very anti Biden take and the reason why I would say I think the polls may be more accurate Buck is there's no unknown everybody knows. Everything they need to know about Donald Trump, pro or con. Everybody out there knows everything they need to know about Joe Biden, pro or con. So we're not talking about an incumbent going up against a relatively unknown. For instance, I think the Nikki Haley numbers where she's beating Biden by like 14 or 15 points. I think Nikki Haley would beat Biden, but I don't think she would win by that much. I think a lot of people don't know Nikki Haley and she hasn't been attacked on the national stage like she would be attacked if she were the nominee. They've thrown everything they can at Trump. I honestly think they've thrown everything they can at DeSantis. I, I don't think I that there's that much unknown quantity for either of those guys. I agree with the analysis that some put out there. Uh, Coulter wrote about this in her column this week, that if the Democrats could choose an opponent, I do think they, in many ways, would want to run against Nikki Haley. Um, because if you, I, I, I know the polls and these swing states and everything else, but that to me is, yeah, that's now wait until they've actually, she's never really been attacked. She's untested at the national level. 
She was U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, which I'm not going to lie. It's basically being on the cocktail party circuit. Okay. I've known some U.S. ambassadors to the U.N. It's not that exciting. So, and you know, governor of South Carolina. Okay. But the whole Boeing, South Carolina on the board thing. I mean, I'm just saying Nikki Haley's numbers are, this goes to your point, are the numbers of someone who has not been through the full blown assault of the Democrat apparatus. And I think that they, they go, Oh, look at Nikki Haley. She's so far ahead. Yeah, just wait until they start hammering her on every network and every newspaper and going after her. And they've hammered Trump so much their wrists are falling off. You know what I mean? I mean, they can't hammer Trump any more than they've hammered him. So his numbers I mean, they're trying to put numbers. him in prison for the rest of his life. There's literally nothing worse they can say about Trump than they, once they compare you to Hitler and say that you're going, like, every negative thing is baked in on Trump. <laughs> well, so they say, I mean, they try to say he's worse than Hitler in some yes. ways. You go, What's worse than Hitler? I mean, yeah, you know, like this great is not point. even a thing. Uh, so I think that Trump is is locked in, and we'll open up phone lines because I do every time I share a poll, people are like, "Well, this is all rigged," and I'm like, "Okay, but by who and for to what, what end? Reason? Yeah, to what end? If it's rigged to push Biden out, why is it also for anyone calling in saying that Trump is going to going to win? You know, by this large margin, because I assume people who think it's rigged to get Biden out think that Trump would beat Biden, and also that Trump is the most likely to win the general election of any candidate, right? So why, you know, if it was get Biden out and get, you know, Haley or DeSantis in, then I could understand the poll manipulation point. But unless somebody believes that their plan is to get Biden out and to get Trump in because he's easily beatable, the Trump trap, which we've talked about, but I've heard most people that call in and, and write us, they reject that theory. So, I mean, when I say most people, that's just, you know, reading the, the tea leaves of who's calling in and who's checking in and, and all the rest. Um, but there's some, there's something up now, man. I mean, and if it really is Biden, you know, okay, does, does Kamala do better than him? I don't think so. So that means they're stuck. And everyone who says, oh, it'll be some unity candidate or something. That's a huge, I mean, that really is throwing, 80 yards it's down the field, Mary. that's a big yeah. throw. But, you know, that's throwing it all the way down the field into triple coverage. I mean, that's a total yeah, Hail Mary. I mean, it's a, it would be a Hail Mary. I think that they may get that desperate. I mean, it's a break-the-glass scenario, right? When I say break-the-glass, I mean, like, the fire extinguisher's on the wall, and you're like, hey, if we're going to go for that fire extinguisher, we got to break the glass. It's going to be a potential mess. That's how bad things are. I think Democrats are slowly recognizing things are really bad, and that's why I tie it in with, their salvation, I think, in their minds was, well, we're going to charge Trump with the crime, and that's going to change the political opinion. But if March 4th is not happening for Jack Smith, and I don't think it is, then they don't really have a salvation strategy. Well, this my thinking all along, you know, because we've been talking about all the numbers. The numbers showed very definitively a felony conviction for Trump changes the whole game in the polling scene up to this point. Well, if they can't get that felony conviction because they can't get the trial done, now what for the left? Yeah. Now what for the Democrats? And if they start, even if they started in like July or August, Buck, I think it's so late, it seems even more political than it does. In yeah, well, that, that's, early. I mean, it's already election interference, but that's, you know, a few steps away from just having like, uh, Democrat stormtroopers shut down the polling places in red states or something. I mean, that's really crazy to have him dragged through a trial. As the ballots are being counted. But I'm curious. I, I have yet to hear a conspiracy theory that makes sense or an analysis other than Biden is just super weak. I think the most likely outcome is here. People are not enamored of Biden and they may not love Trump, but they basically are deciding kind of anybody but Biden. 
Tunnel the Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good, never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes who risked their lives to keep our communities and our country safe. Heroes like United States Marine Corps Captain and Pilot John Jeremy Sachs. He sustained fatal injuries when his military aircraft crashed during training, killing him and five other service members. He's remembered by loved ones as courageous, brilliant, and devoted to his career, family, and friends. Sachs is survived by his wife, Amber, who gave birth to their second daughter three months after his death. Tunnel of Towers paid the mortgage on the family home for Amber and their two daughters. The foundations helped over a 1,000 military and first responder families navigate the worst of times by removing the burden of a mortgage payment. Our nation's heroes and their families need your help now more than ever. Join us in donating $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. On the front lines of truth. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Clay and Buck here going strong. And just to remind you, our main man, Clay Travis, is going to a land down under where, where women, what, and men, what, what was the, uh, what's the line? I come from a land down under where. Yeah, I don't remember how the rest of it goes. Was there something about I, plunder in there? I, I don't, yeah. you know. 
I leave tomorrow. <laughs> Someone help me, team. I thought one of you would know the. What's the lyric? Um. Anyway, it's. I I can't wait. Me. I'm gonna. I'm going into. I fly into Sydney. Leave tomorrow. Uh, afternoon, evening from L.A. Okay. Uh, here we go. Can I just tell you? I come from a land down under where beer does flow and men chunder. I have no. What is that? It rhymes with under is my guess, and they kind of ran. Is that even ran, a thing, or did they, they just make up a word what, anyway? I, 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 the only line of that song I know is the one that you shared. Um, I can't wait. Never been to Australia. Going all over the place, taking the family for Christmas and New Year's. So, uh, and we'll be back in time for the uh, for the good fun in Iowa, but uh, with the caucus. But yeah, I, are, I can't. I legit can't wait. Are you gonna do it? the thing? I always think is amazing about Australia, and put aside that it turned into. Uh, East Germany with kangaroos during COVID, yeah. but it did. Um, the animals they have, like, are you going to do some kind of a get oh, yeah. out there and see? Cause there are more, there are animals there that can kill you that you don't even know exist. There's like yeah, weird my kids, jellyfish that'll kill you. It's crazy. Yeah. My kids are saying they will not get in the ocean. Um, maybe not water outside of a pool, uh, in any hotel because of crocodiles. Uh, can I, can I, I give a shout getting... out here? You've met, you've met my dad. My dad's a, uh, yeah. a very, uh, a, a colorful character, a, a charismatic figure. He was at, this is like 30 years ago, but I still remember this. He was at a cocktail party when he was visiting Melbourne and someone said something about an ocean race that was two miles. He had no training, nothing, and he did it and he completed it. And to this day, we're like, do you know how many great whites and box jellyfish and everything? He's like, yeah, probably wouldn't do it again, but <laughs> Speed the kids sexy, are terrified. Man. Of the yeah. box jellyfish, which I didn't even know anything about. They, they get on YouTube and hear about all the animals that can kill you. The box jellyfish is an actual jellyfish that if it stings you, you die. Have you ever heard of that? Like a legit it's, jellyfish sting kills you. It's the most venomous animal on the planet. Look it up, yeah. folks. Box jellyfish. Clay's not going to touch it, though. He's going to stay away from them. On a week that the stock market has seen another all-time high, are you invested? So are you benefiting from it? If so, are you paying attention to the tech industry and the companies developing artificial intelligence technology? According to tech expert and writer Colin Tedards, this is just the beginning of a new era that could make you wealthier than ever before. And there is one megaton tech company that's all in on AI. This company spent over $200 billion on their AI project, and the CEO says it's going to impact everything. could be bigger than the Internet itself. Through Colin's knowledge, he's found a little-known supplier that's supplying a key piece of technology that makes this new AI project possible. Ah, what is it? How do you get in on it? Go to newaiproject.com. This may just be the right opportunity for you, but go check it out for yourself. Do your due diligence. Go to newaiproject.com. Paid for by Brownstone. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. A lot of you want to weigh in uh, on the polling numbers that are out. From the morning consult and Bloomberg showing Donald Trump leading in seven different states, uh, that are all the swing states. Every state that's supposed to be close, Trump has a lead in right now. And I'm just going to go in order that the, uh, the, the call fielding team has popped him in. Ken in upstate New York, what do you think about all this? Hey, Clay and Travis, can you hear me? Close. Clay, Clay and Buck, Buck but close yes. enough. That works. Clay and Buck, hey, thanks. I'm honored to weigh in here. Uh, not sure where you are on the conversation, but uh, as far as the polling goes, I believe it's accurate. I'm a little bit concerned that maybe the Republican side thinks that we got this wrapped up in the bag. 
and uh, we won't have to go vote because we got to go to that soccer game, and you know we just had this all wrapped up. So you think so, yeah, it's, you think you, it's suppression suppression through overconfidence? I mean, I've heard people say this is a possibility. And look, whatever we say on this show. You, every single person listening to us, have an obligation to go vote. So nothing that people are like, oh, you're too overconfident. People are not going to. If you listen to anything that Buck or I say at any point in the next year and decide, oh, I don't need to go vote because of something that one of us said, let's clip this. Do not listen to us at all if it means that you are not going to go vote. You need to all go vote. So there is nothing that we should say. We could say, hey, Democrats are up 25 points. This is going to be the biggest beatdown in a national election. All you can do, all I can do, all Buck can do, is go vote. So nobody should be overconfident, underconfident. You should just show up and go vote. Jason in California. which is what I'm doing, the only thing I can think of is the Democrats know that their base is so down on both Biden and Harris that they're showing Trump higher than he might actually be in order to get their base out to vote no matter what because they know how bad those two are. Well, but yeah. the, the problem is, I, I th- thank you, Jason, and, and to be clear, I think you know Jason's working within the same framework we all are right now, which is something just doesn't add up. So, you know, there's no there's no... Well, no, there can always be bad theories, but you know, we're, we're in a very, we're in a safe space here, folks. You can put out theories as long as it vaguely holds together, but it can't be, right? We have to decide, do you try to lull the other side into a false sense of security by having them way ahead? Or do you make your side get fired up with uh, a false sense of losing, right? I mean, it can't, we got to figure out what the, yeah, the polls are supposed to be doing if they're being manipulated, which, I don't think they're being manipulated. I don't think right they're now. being manipulated. I think this is a verdict of Joe Biden and the fact that overwhelmingly right now the story is, are you happy with Joe Biden? And if you're not, I think the nostalgia factor plays in here, Buck. I okay. think a lot of people pre-COVID look back at the country and say, I had more money, the economy was rolling, and they like Trump. So what about this possibility? Um, we get into the new year, they drop rates. Look, they raised rates, I think, more rapidly than ever before, right? They drop rates more rapidly than ever before, and they'll say, well, we raised them so rapidly, we dropped them so rapidly, right? That you can see yeah. how that plays out. And they use the money gun, so to speak, to just, you know, they have student loans, and we're going to do that. You know, all of a sudden, it's like free cash for everybody, right? It's going to be like... uh the Biden administration equivalent of Oprah telling everybody in the audience they've got a car, right? Like, you've got a car, you've got a car. Like, they're just going to give away free stuff to everybody as much as they can. They start to, you know, Biden gives some speeches. They, you know, they put in his, they put in his juice bottle or they put in his, uh, you know, in his syringe, whatever he needs to get all fired up to get up there on stage. I'm just saying, I don't know. I mean, performance enhancing, whatever. I don't know. But, uh, he gives a couple of speeches. He seems like he's not completely uh, out of his mind, too old, and they say they want to fix the border. And they get some Republicans to kind of start to get a little weak on this. I'm just saying, is, is there a way that they just turn the picture around by hitting the levers that they have a little bit? I, I think a lot of times the answer is yes on that. And I think that happened, just take it outside of the political realm. Um, you know, Obama was in a weak spot in 2011. He came back to win in 2012. 
Uh, George yeah. W. Bush was in a weak spot a little bit um, in 2003, <laughs> early 2004. Obama's economy was so weak, everyone, that we kind of thought Mitt Romney could beat him, and he couldn't. And those guys, here's the difference. George W. Bush, Barack Obama, I think they were more skilled politicians. I think, and look, I'm, I'm certainly been wrong before. I could be wrong again. As we sit here basically 11 months out, I think the challenge is most people have made up their mind that Biden can't do the job. And if you have made up your mind that Biden is too old and he's too frail mentally and physically to do the job, which 75% of Americans are saying, I don't know how Biden's going to convince people suddenly in July or August, oh, that old 81-year-old now working towards 82 that I thought was doddering and out of touch, man, he's really with it now. I think the economy can get better, and I think that can help people say, well, you know, let's just not rock the boat. We'll stick with Biden. I actually think I asked you this off air, Buck. I think Trump benefits immensely from not being on Twitter. And some of you are going to say, Clay, you're crazy. What are you talking about? I think there are a lot of lazy media members that when Trump tweeted something, they would rush to it to share it, to spread it widely, and it made people feel like they were constantly under siege. I think way fewer people are on Truth Social. Trump's saying the same things on Truth Social that he would have said on Twitter, but I think a lot of people out there um, are not aware necessarily of the day-to-day drumbeat of Trump because a lot of media are lazy, and it takes work to go to Truth Social and share what Trump said there in a way that it didn't on Twitter. And I actually think Trump benefits. But ultimately, I think this is a referendum on Biden being too old. And I don't see things they can do that's going to make people think, oh, Biden's not as old as I thought he was. There's something something happening here. That's what I'm, I'm just something's going on. Uh, we'll take more of your calls on this. Um, 800-282-2882. Uh, let us know what you think it is. Put, we're taking theories. We're, we're wargaming it all out here because, like I said, it'd be one, if Biden were up two or three points, I'd just say, yeah, okay, it's early. The lock and change. He's getting crushed in every swing state right now. Yes. This is, this is bizarre. And, it's not and one every pollster, poll, everybody's saying the same thing. And these are Democrat pollsters. These are Republican post pollsters. I think it's fair to say, Biden versus Trump, if the election were today, that Biden would not win. And this is important, too, Buck, because even if these polls, like, let's say Trump doesn't win by three or four. Trump almost won. What did Biden win, according to the popular vote numbers that were out? What was Biden up? Like two and a half points in 2020 based on the final tally? A 50-50 race would overwhelmingly benefit Trump because... That would mean Trump's winning a lot of the close races. Trump lost nationwide by what? Two and a half percent. Is that right? By the final tally of what mm-hmm. they showed? Roughly, um, seven million votes, whatever the tally was based on their final numbers. If we're talking about roughly equivalent numbers, then Trump's going to win comfortably. Biden has to win by three points or so in order to be able to win the right electoral college math. Cause you know, and my point on that is he's winning. California by a lot. He's winning New York by a lot. The swing states are going to end up a lot closer. So if Biden and Trump are even nationwide, that means Trump is doing well. Even if the polls are off three or four points, which they might be, 
then Trump is still benefiting very much. 800-282-2882. We'll take your calls. And we've also made it a priority here to help with worthy causes and a nonprofit that's doing amazing work to save the lives of unborn babies is preborn. They operate a network of clinics nationwide in communities where abortions are happening at a rate that is tragic. Preborn has rescued over 270,000 babies in their 17-year history. Think about that, 270,000 babies born over the course of just under two decades. Every day, Preborn's network of clinics rescues about 200 tiny babies' lives. The way they do this very straightforward. They just offer a mother facing a difficult decision, feels like perhaps she's in a crisis. They offer that mother an ultrasound. It's totally free. Once that expectant mother hears her baby for the first time, hears that heartbeat, her baby's chance at life, because the mother decides to give the baby life, is doubled. For just $28, which is the cost of an ultrasound, you can save a life. I can't think of a better way to donate some money this holiday season. And now through a match, your tax-deductible gift is doubled as well. Because preborn supports both mothers and babies with diapers, car seats, counseling, and more. They'll do this for up to two years, by the way. Your donation has twice the impact because of this matching program. Now is the time to put your year-end write-offs to work, including preborn in your generosity. Use your cell phone, dial pound 250, say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say baby. Or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Preborn has a 100% charity rating sponsored by Preborn. Need a break from politics? A little comedy to counter the craziness? So do we. The Sunday Hang, a weekend podcast to lighten things up a bit. Find it in the Clay and Buck podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. 
This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Lines are all lit. Uh, just to give you a sense of where we're going to the next hour, um, Biden administration, no surprise, is stabbing the state of Israel in the back already over the war against Hamas. We'll talk about some of what's going on there and uh, then something uh, much, much less serious, um, uh, but certainly timely for the holidays, the no whites allowed Christmas or I, I'm sorry. No whites allowed holiday party in Boston. This was a real thing. I actually thought, Clay, when this came out, they're, they're going to have some kind of explanation for this that makes it seem like, oh, but it, it what? No, it was a real thing. They really were doing a no white people allowed holiday party for the mayor's office in the city of Boston. What? Oh, and also interesting. The mayor of Boston is married to a white guy. Yeah, of course he is. What do you think would happen if there was any city in America that had a whites-only Christmas party? Just, just think, just think about what the reaction would be. Any city in America, right? And the reality is, there's almost no cities in America uh, with uh, with anybody out there who would ever think of doing this, right? Because you'd be like, okay, that's super racist. But I mean, any okay town, any like small, you know, it, it, there could be like a thousand people who live in this place. It would be on the front page of the New York Times. If anybody in Mississippi or South Dakota or Wyoming in the mayorship of a small town said, hey, we're just having a white person Christmas party, it would be the number one story on the New York Times website. It would be on the front page of their... You guys all know this to be true. They would be debating it on CNN. Van Jones would be crying on on air on CNN. On MSNBC, they'd bring Rachel Maddow back for an extra day of shows to talk about the legacy of white supremacy in the country. Boston's a big cosmopolitan city. Great place. If you like history and you're like Buck and you want to put lobster on top of all of your uh, all of your dips. Wow. Wow. Like that. A lot of good options there for that. And I can't get over, like, the woman is literally married to a white guy. And this is funny, Buck. Do you know who would defend, I bet, his wife having a no white people Halloween, uh, Christmas party? The white guy she's married to. Oh, of course. Because there are tons of white liberals out there that would say, oh, I can see why the presence of a white face might be uncomfortable for a minority, we definitely need white-free zones for them to be able to experience the holiday the best way that they can. The most unrepentant and psychotically woke people in America, especially when it comes to identity politics, yes, are white liberals. They 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 are the they they will go the craziest because they're terrified of not being uh, woke enough, right? I mean, they they have no extra layer of of uh you know they they have no ability no protection so would um 
would would that mean that the mayor of Boston's kids would be able to come for half the party? Since they're, I saw the kids that she had with her white husband. Like they're allowed, she's allowed to bring them for the first or the second half of the party, but then they have to leave. I mean, I mean I just, all of this I, is so patently absurd, but I mean, they're half white. So, I mean, wouldn't the half whiteness of those kids be triggering for anyone who went to a white free holiday party? I, so would she say, Hey, just so you know, I'm only going to bring my kids for the first half of the party or the back half of the party just to make sure that you're totally comfortable with the absence of whiteness. And I just, I, 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 the idea that you would even think to do this is so crazily racist. Again, I don't want to sound like, is it Rust Cole from the original True Detective? Time is a flat circle. If you were, if you watched that original, uh, Matthew McConaughey played Russ Cole, I think was the character on that great first True Detective. We've gone full circle here. Leftist, left-winger policies on race are now identical to Jim Crow era policies. Like, they're not very far from saying, hey, we need different race drinking fountains in public buildings to ensure that black people and minorities well, don't have to come too close to white people or you know, different it's, swimming it's, pools. I mean, this is all crazy. It's the golden rule that we were all taught, you know, in first grade or kindergarten or whatever, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's actually a good rule. Yeah. Um, or treat people the way you want to be treated. You can supply it that way. And it's amazing how much the left tries to negate or ignore that rule. Like, you know, you would never want to have a, you'd never have a party. As a conservative, you'd never have a party you'd say, well, only this group of people by skin color or, or religion or whatever, not, they're not allowed to come. That is what the mayor of Boston just did. Yes. Like, this is just, it's just, and they, and, and they crazy. think they're, they think they're the good people. I mean, this is, uh, again, I, I don't, I, I don't know how you just, and, and I think this all ties in with why Harvard and MIT and Penn, this is so prominent on the left wing of the country. You know, there are viral videos and have been a bunch of them. Well, oh, there's a minority house, let's say, right, gathering place on a college campus where they say white people are not welcome on college campuses. You're not even allowed to have. We, we, we had that. In mind. Did you have that? We, we had race affinity dorms. On my you, campus. You, no, I, 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 maybe GW does. I don't remember it when you I did. was there. Yeah, but, but they would always play this game where you had to apply and like there would be a house that was like the Latino house or they, there was a house that was like for black students. And then people would say, Hey, this is weird. And then they would let one person in the next year who wasn't. And they'd say, she, it's not only for fill in the blank race students. And they thought this was normal. This was at my college. So I can speak to this with, I'm sure it's only gotten worse. Yeah, and it's seen as progressive. That's the crazy part. Again, they have just totally gone back to 1940s, 1950s era Jim Crow, where the races must be separated in order for there to be any kind of comfort. It's it's crazy, but this is where we are. Coming up, talking to you about Israel, the Biden administration. Can't trust them. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 